it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Welcome to Witness Radio, the only show that doesn't care about ratings, because our sole purpose is to save souls. On purpose. Go to witnesstalkradio.org for more episodes and syndication options. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh-oh, there's a knock on the door. I wonder who that could be on an early Saturday morning. Jehovah Witnesses are well known for their door-to-door proselytizing. They claim to be Christian, but what do they really believe? According to the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, which is the organization behind the Jehovah Witnesses, they do not consider Jesus to be God. Here's a clip from a Watchtower cartoon called Witnesses of Jehovah. Witnesses believe that Jesus Christ is a spirit creature, a super angel, the first creation of Jehovah God, who prior to coming to earth as a man, existed in heaven as Michael the Archangel. Jesus started out originally as the Logos. Or Michael the Archangel. Who then came to earth as the virgin-born son of Mary. He was a perfect, sinless man. But he was only a man devoid of all divinity. Jesus walked the earth as a man, becoming the Christ only when he was baptized. Jehovah's Witnesses hold the cross in contempt, feeling that it is nothing more than a pagan symbol used by apostate Christendom. Instead, they teach that at the completion of his ministry, Jesus died, not on the cross, but on an upright stake. Christ's body was then laid in a tomb where it was disintegrated by God, totally destroyed forever. Jesus was then recreated by the Father. Before going to heaven, he materialized in different bodies on different occasions to convince his disciples and others that he had really been resurrected. Jesus returned to his Father in heaven where once again he became Michael the Archangel. He will never again be seen on the earth in visible form, but instead rules invisibly from the heavens. When he executes judgment over the world at Armageddon, he will destroy all but the faithful Jehovah's Witnesses. Jesus, alias Michael, will always remain invisible to those on earth and can be seen only by the 144,000 select Jehovah's Witnesses who rule with him from heaven. While out getting interviews this week, I came across a Jehovah's Witness. Without getting too entangled in the false teachings, I pressed forward to share the true gospel of Jesus Christ. You're listening to Witness Radio. So, Michelle, Autumn, we're on the campus today. We're asking people about uh, homosexual marriage. 
What are your thoughts on it? Should it be allowed, not allowed, something different? What are your thoughts regarding homosexual marriage? Well, I think it should be allowed just because of so many, like, homosexuals. And I just think they deserve an equal opportunity. And what about you? Yeah, I also think the same thing. Like, it's, like, their choice, so they have the opportunity to have, you know, what they want and what makes them happy. Okay. So... What about uh, like a a civil union or some type of of uh, union that wouldn't be marriage, but they would have all the same rights? Would that be okay? No, I don't think that's fair. What about? You? I think it's okay. Now, why don't you think it's fair? I mean, they're they're having all the same rights, but it's just not called marriage. Well, I I mean. I just think that they should be able to be like everybody else. Like, to be, so the, can they say that they're married, or they just say that they're in a union? I mean, th- they could say that they would be married, but it wouldn't technically be marriage. They would not have a marriage certificate. They would have uh, something else, like a, for example, a, a union certificate or something. Bad name, but I'm sure they would come up with something better. But that that would be the scenario. I just don't like that. I think they sh- should be able to say that they're married. What about you? I think they. I think that's okay. They don't have to honestly public it out to everybody. It can just be something they like and have it on their own. If they want to. So now, um, a lot of people say that uh, marriage uh, should be defined as one man for one woman, and they say that they get that from the Bible. What are, What are your girls' thoughts on that? Do you think we should? accept the Bible's definition of marriage, or do you think it should be changed for whatever we want it to be? Whether it's man and man, woman and woman, man and woman, whatever and whatever. Well, I understand that the Bible says that, and I believe in that, but it's just too many people now that are gay or lesbian. It's just hard to control. What about you? Um, I think we should follow the Bible, but some people do, like, marry who they want to marry. You can't tell them who to marry and, you know, that. Everybody doesn't believe in the Bible, so. Right. Not everyone believes in it, but that's actually where the the concept of marriage came from was was the the Bible, the biblical principles of one man for one woman. But, uh, so... You girls were saying that you believe in the Bible. What what type of uh, religious beliefs do you guys have? Uh, well, I'm a Christian, so like everything I believe that's in the Bible. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I'm also a Christian too. So okay. So would you say that it's okay to uh, follow the Bible? Or let me try and figure out how I'm going to phrase this. Would you say that it's okay to change uh, a meaning from what the biblical meaning is? No, I don't think so. I don't think God would appreciate that. I think it's just, I think it should stay the same. It shouldn't be changed. Well, you girls were just saying that it should be changed when we were talking about marriage. The Bible specifically states marriage should be... Not in the Bible, but just like law should be changed, not Bible law, if that makes any sense. 
it, it doesn't. <laughs> you, what I'm what I'm trying to get across here is you girls say that uh, the the Bible biblical definitions should not be changed to suit our our own desires or needs, or whatever. But taking marriage, which is a biblical principle, and changing it to allow for more than just one man and one woman, that that's changing what the biblical principle is. Um. See, this is where I'm lost at now. It's just a difficult topic. So, what about you? Any any thoughts? Um. No. <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask this. You you go girls say that you're Christian and that you like to follow the Bible. What does the Bible say regarding homosexuality? Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what it says about homosexuality. I'm just pretty sure that it's not, you know, for homosexuality. You know, nobody in the Bible was, you know, hooking up with other people. Actually, there are a lot of people hooking up with other people. I mean, like, other, other, like, of the same sex? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, that was rampant. Don't put this on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm confused. Alright. Put that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. That'll be the best part of the whole show right there. No, I'm be messing. The donkey of the day? <laughs> Alright, so look. Bible, uh, one of the things that it says is that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. What do you girls think about that? Do you think that is true, that that, that should be the case, or do you think that should be changed? No, I, th- I think I think that's true. They might, they're not going to inherit the earth. That's what God said. But they can sit on the earth as long as they want, but they ain't going to inherit the kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I agree. I mean, I do stuff that probably said you know i wouldn't inherit the kingdom either but i'm still doing it so if they if they do what they do you know that's that's on them they're not gonna live in the you know in the kingdom afterwards so now what what are uh you said you do some things too what 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 would you don't have to get specific but what are some other things that you're talking about that that would uh prevent someone from going to heaven like um somebody killing somebody or you you know like Robbery, stealing, robbing banks, you know. What about you, Annie? Yeah, like killing. Okay. Now, have you girls ever done any of those things, like killing or no, robbing, no, stealing? anybody, and I don't, I don't steal either. Yeah. You, you never stolen? You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you, ever steal anything? Mm, she steals no. everything. She's just a thief. No. <laughs> she steals a lot, but, I mean, it's just, it's... Her choice to make and whatever follows after that is just her, you know. No, no, no. She's still way more than me. <laughs> no, all right, all right. Now, now I got to stop you right here, because you're saying that you don't steal, but she says you do steal, mm-hmm. and you're saying you don't steal, but she says you do steal. Yeah, she so steals. So, one, <laughs> I, I, either one of you or both of you are lying. We sinner right now. We sent we sinners. And you know what the Bible says about lying, right? Um. Yeah, I think. No. No. It's a sin. It is a sin. It's a sin, but that ain't the whole thing, I don't think. It says, all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. That's a place called hell. That's not good news. That's horrible news. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does it concern you girls 
that there's a possibility you could be going to hell because you've lied and stolen, broken God's law. Yeah. Everybody yeah. lies. Well, that's true, but we're talking about you two right now. Yeah. I'm concerned about some of the choices that I've made that might affect me in, in the far future or the near future. What is there any way that that uh, your sins or, or lying and stealing and whatnot is there any way to have that forgiven so that you could still go to heaven? I mean, I, that's what some people think. You know, going to church or wherever they go and get saved. You know. You say that one more time. Get saved, like wash away their sins. How does that? How does that happen? Go to church. You have to practice what you preach. You got to turn your life around. You got to do what God wants you to do. I mean, you go to church, but then you take the steps in moving forward. Well, now see, I I think the Bible might say something a little bit different than that. The Bible says that God loved the world so much that He sent His Son. His only son to die on the cross to pay for the sins of mankind. He didn't die on the cross, though. See, he didn't die on the cross. His hands was not like this. They was like this. Okay. You're a Jehovah Witness? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I'm not trying to upset you, mm-hmm. but you are not a Christian. Yes, I am. N- no, ma'am. We're Christians. I-, I-, I beg to differ. Well, I beg to differ. Do you believe it was a cross or a, or a torture stake? Cross. Well, I, I believe her more than I believe you right now. Mm. And again, I'm not trying to upset you, um, but based on what the Jehovah Witnesses or the Watchtower teaches, they would not be considered a biblical Orthodox Christianity. They would be considered a cult. Mm. Ah. Uh, I don't have time to go, go into it with you today. I'd love to talk to you later about it, though. No, you ain't got to talk to me later, because I know what I need to know. Okay. So, listen, girls. You both know about Jesus Christ, how he came to this earth. He lived a perfect, sinless life because he was God in the flesh. He was fully God and fully man. That's something that the Jehovah Witnesses don't believe. But he was 100% God, 100% man, He lived that perfect life and then died on the cross, not a torture stake, as the Jehovah Witnesses believe. Died on a cross to pay for the sins of mankind. No, actually, as history shows. As history shows. Anyway, so he died on the cross to pay for the sins of mankind, rose again on the third day, bodily, physically, not spiritually. And he says, if you repent, turn away from your sin, lying, stealing, whatnot, turn away from your sinful nature and put your trust in him and in him alone, not in a uh, organization that has false prophecies, but in Jesus Christ alone and what he did on that cross, you can be saved. You can be forgiven of your sins. They can be wiped clean. And his righteousness can be attributed to you. That's what you need to do to be saved. I don't say this because I'm trying to make fun of you or upset you. Um, I say this because it's what the Bible teaches. It's what's true. And it's the only way to be saved. It's the only way to escape hell. Another thing that the Jehovah Witnesses don't believe in is 
a place called hell, even though it's very clearly taught in the Bible. Revelation 21.8 talks about liars going to the lake of fire. I agree that you have a different Bible. A lot of things have been changed, changed in that Bible. I'm sorry, let me, let me close this out right now, okay? Real quickly, what did I just say you have to do to be saved? You said, bring it over here. You said you have to repent. And? That's all I got out of it. Repent, which means to turn away, not just be sorry, but turn away from your sinfulness and put your trust, not just believing that he was real, but trusting your life to Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Then you can be saved. Girls, thank you so much for talking to me on Witness Radio. You're welcome. Who doesn't love a little Ohio fire? Now that's the Ohio Players Fire. I'm talking about OhioFire.org. Striving for Eternity's Ministries puts on great conferences around the country. April 9th through the 11th, Columbus, Ohio. Not only will the gang from Striving for Eternity be there, but the gang from CARM, you know Matt Slick and the gang from Christian Apologetic Resources Ministries. Sign up for Ohio Fire at OhioFire.org. Did you know that the Watchtower Organization claims to be a prophet from God? Unfortunately for them, they've made numerous false prophecies regarding the end of the world. 1914, 1918, 1925, and 1975 are all dates that were set by the Jehovah's Witnesses as the future Armageddon. Of course they were wrong, and now they backtrack about their false prophecies and change what those dates originally meant. I began studying with Jehovah's Witnesses in the early 40s. Then after I came out of prison, I continued as a Jehovah's Witness until 1970. However, I had been reading forbidden Christian books, and also I was not living the life that I should have been. And I confessed to the elders, and they dispensed with my 26 years of service in 10 minutes. I was out. But then a loving Christian friend put his arms around me and showed me the love of Christ. And I, I felt more love from him in 10 minutes than I felt from the organization in 26 years. Later, while reading a Christian book, I knew for certain that Jesus Christ is God, and I fell to my knees and received Him as my Savior. Although I was an honor student, I gave up college and went to Watchtower headquarters. There I met Bill, and we shared many questions and concerns about the organization during our courtship. We questioned especially the blood issue. We ended up leaving Bethel to get married and move to my parents' farm. We were very happy until someone reported our doubts about blood transfusion. We were both finally disfellowshipped and disowned by our families. With our inheritance lost and no job training, we started our lives over. We researched the organization and proved they were false prophets and wrong on doctrine too. We saw that we had put the organization where Christ should have been. I was in my third year of college in 1973 and thinking about law school. 
At that time, my Jehovah's Witness parents told me that Armageddon was due by 1975. I had 18 months to live. So I quit school and went back to Jehovah's Witnesses. But as God would have it, some wonderful Christians showed me that I was following a false prophet. The facts were right in my own books. Now, I don't like being lied to. When I found out the watchtower had deceived me, I knew I was in a cult. I was converted to Jehovah's Witnesses when I was 18 years old and seeking for God. I gave up earning an honors degree in university to devote myself to the organization. I'm ashamed now at the control I gave to the organization over my life. I nearly died refusing a blood transfusion. I let the elders make decisions I should have made. At an assembly in 1972, I stayed with my Christian uncle, who immediately set his church to praying for my deliverance from the Jehovah's Witnesses. As they prayed and a Christian shared his faith, I finally questioned doctrine, especially about Jesus supposedly being Michael the Archangel. I took my concerns to the elders. I found out you cannot ask honest-hearted questions, nor is there any honorable way out of the organization. I left early in 1975, causing an uproar in the congregation, since Armageddon was expected in a few months. It was the best decision I ever made, other than receiving Christ as my Savior. I lived totally for the organization for 50 years, but I saw so many injustices over the years and so much unkindness, so little mercy. You know, they present a facade of love, but people are really sacrificed for the sake of the organization. And finally, after they destroyed my family, I began to research the Watchtower organization and to read the Bible, because I wanted to know if the Watchtower was God's channel, and I wanted to know how to get eternal life. Well, I found out that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life, not some organization. And of course, Jesus gives us eternal life. The Jehovah's Witnesses have created their own Bible called the New World Translation so that they can make their own beliefs fit into the scriptures. They've changed passages to remove the doctrine of hell, salvation by grace through faith, the deity of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and even have changed how Jesus died. My late husband, Bill Setnar, was at the Watchtower headquarters during the work on the New World Translation. Former President Fred Franz was mainly responsible for the translation work. He was neither a Hebrew nor a Greek scholar and only had two years of college. There were no scholars. I know because I knew them all personally. The so-called translation was written to reflect their own peculiar doctrines. And the Proclaimer's Book is not telling the truth when it says that this is a fresh translation from the original Greek. The only original Greek I knew was George Genghis of the Secretive Translation Committee. And he was no scholar, that's for sure. Because he himself told me that before he came to Bethel, he was a short order cook in Columbus, Ohio. Dr. Bruce Metzger is recognized as one of the world's leading Bible translators. Dr. Metzger, is the New World Translation reliable for Bible study?
the ordinary reader is totally misled by the show of supposed scholarship uh, that these people introduce into their translation. It's a sham kind of scholarship. This could be called not a separate version of the Bible. In this respect, it's a perversion of the Bible. They introduce the word Jehovah 237 times into the text of the New Testament, and it does not occur once in any known Greek manuscript. That, I don't think, is responsible scholarship. Still more key, having to do with the person of our Savior, Jesus Christ. They try every time that they can manage it to denigrate the status of Christ from the eternal Son of God to a created being. They even distort the first verse of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was a God. With a, and the spell there, word God there, the little g. That's terrible. Dr. Metzger, what do you think about the Watchtower Society's former claim that Johannes Grieber's Bible was a translation? Yes, his translation, I years ago got a copy of this because I was interested in his translation from the standpoint of which Greek manuscripts he made use of. Uh, Johannes Graeber, or Grieber, was a former Roman Catholic priest. And uh, after getting married to a woman who was him herself a medium, he got the idea that he could translate the New Testament in a more accurate way if he would have some help from a spirit medium. When the occult background of Grieber was exposed by those outside the society, they stopped referring to him as a scholar. Interestingly, the evidence is that they had known about his occult involvement for nearly 30 years. This kind of deliberate cover-up is found throughout their history, yet it is never referred to in their Proclaimers book. You're listening to Radio. Before I go, here's some ammo to help you the next time a Jehovah's Witness comes knocking at your door. What I'm going to share with you uh, is a good presentation that you could use if you're talking to Jehovah's Witnesses or Jehovah's Witnesses could look up for themselves. The number 144,000 is contained in two chapters of Revelation, Revelation 7 and Revelation 14. And before I start reading, I say to the Jehovah's Witness, are we going to agree, is this passage of scripture literal? Does it mean exactly what it says literally? Or is it figurative or spiritual? Does it say one thing, but it typifies something else? And you can never get a straight answer. And the reason is, is they've made one phrase literal and one phrase figurative. Uh, and it says in verse 4 of Revelation 7, I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. So they believe there's a literal number, but the sons of the tribe of Israel is them. They are the Jews. They are the sons of Israel. Uh, we go on down the list of the tribes, and here's the important part, because the people mostly that you will meet will be of the great multitude or the great crowd. Verse 9 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count from every nation, all tribes and peoples and, and tongues, standing before the throne. Mark that in your Bible, because the great crowd's location is before the throne. If you go into verse 11, you see that all the angels were standing around. 
in the same location sounds like heaven to me and not earth. Then if you turn over to Revelation chapter 14, we again in verse 1 find the reference to the 144,000 uh, in verse 1. And notice their location in verse 3. And they sang a new song, where? Before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been purchased from the earth. The 144,000 are before the throne and the great crowd, the earthly hope, are before the throne. Also, they're promised in Revelation 21 that the tabernacle of God will be with men and he'll be with them. And they're promised that this is the earth, but actually, if they will look in Revelation, they will find out, I think it's 8.13 if I'm not wrong, uh, well, pardon me, chapter 12 and verse 6, that the tabernacle of God is in heaven. So Jehovah's Witnesses, you've been conned. If you don't have a heavenly hope, you better start thinking about one because you're not going to be on the earth. Special thanks goes out to the YouTube channel, A House Is Not A Home, all one word, for the great clips that were used in this episode. Until next time, the fields are ripe for the harvest. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and share your faith. May God bless you. Radio has been brought to you by the Muniac family.